You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. It is a post-trade deadline episode with Sam and Steve and Sam, the Yankees. Went all in at the deadline. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Steve. Um, yeah, some really, really surprising moves. Uh, you look back at the deadline. They trade Luis Sessa and Justin Wilson. And from that moment on, you, you had a feeling that something was coming. Exactly. You knew something was going up there because uh, it was good to get Justin Wilson off the books. But Sam, in reality... Besides roster space here, the Yankees didn't need to get their money off the books technically because Brian Cashman made, I what, five, six deals all said and done and didn't take on any cash, which I thought was uh, probably the most shocking giving some of the players we got back. Oh, yeah. And when this trade with the Reds went down that sent Luis Sessa and Wilson to the Reds, my first immediate thought was that there had to be something coming here. If the Yankees flopped in this situation – the backlash on Cashman would be very, very high, and rightfully so. And a big reason for that is because the Yankees gave up a solid bullpen arm in Sessa. Uh, Since 2019, late in 2019, he's really come on as a pitcher. That slider down and away to righties, and really that slider in general was a really, really good out pitch. Uh, We saw his work in Boston in the Fenway series where the debate was, you should have left Sessa in, took Green out, not to reflect too much, but he went through a good part of their order in that game, and he really showed that for the last you know year and a half, two years, whatever you want to call it, he's been a reliable reliever for the Yankees out of the bullpen. But the Yankees trade Sessa, and it was really about getting the 40-man roster spots cleared. And my yeah, goodness, they the needed Yankees, him because they needed him. All right, it's been two minutes, Sam. We have to mention their names. The Yankees got Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo at the deadline. Two big, big-time lefties to help balance this lineup out. And then they went out and took three from the Marlins, as they should have. But, man, it just feels good that the Yankees kind of did this because we were both talking here. I know I said it adamantly. I was like, we're not going to pull the trigger on Gallo. They're going to want too much. Um, and then I saw they were getting Gallo, and then – uh, the name started coming out here, and I was like, this isn't too bad. We had that little scare that Clark Schmidt was going to be involved in the trade, and I was actually going to be okay with that. Um, but in the end, he's Clark Schmidt stays. In the end, the Yankees' biggest guys all stay. Um, and then to, so the land Gallo. Gallo is a, a year-and-a-half guy. Um, and I was happy with that move. I was like, I, this is this is the move that the Yankees should have made. Cashman said they tried to make it before the season, uh, but the Rangers weren't ready to talk deals with Gallo. They were still hoping to lock him up. Uh, long term here uh, just brings a versatile lefty here you can bitch all you want about his his, uh, his career batting average being 210 here but this is a guy that gets on base he works the count and he's got a monster swing that's going to be perfect for Yankee Stadium and that alone was a game-changing move I thought for the for the Yankees and Cashman 24 hours later the out of left field Anthony Rizzo pops up on my timeline that he is being traded to the New York Yankees and I did not see that one coming. I'll tell you that. I was on my way to a workout class with my brother when this went down. It was really funny. And I, I see just – I get to the 
class like 20 minutes away. I look at my phone before we go onto the mat, and I just have like 60-something unread messages from people. My one group chat blows up, and I click on one of them, and it's just Rizzo in all capital letters and question marks, Yankees. like, And they're like, oh, my God, like where did this come from? And that was my reaction, too. That was everybody's reactions, including yours, Steve. Like you said, this was a player that the Yankees – we're never linked to. It's a player we never discussed uh, last week when we were mentioning names for the Yankees. Obviously, Luke Voigt has been out, <clears throat> excuse me, for the uh, almost the entirety of the 2021 season. We've got three DL stints for him already. Uh, how much of a – well, first off, it, it was a huge surprise if we're talking about the ramifications from the Rizzo trade. I, I assumed Voigt, he was going to – well, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to go into this. I assumed he was going to the Red Sox. I was like, ah, oh, Rizzo to the Red Sox makes perfect sense. They they complete the circle of trading him away all those years ago. And I was very concerned that the Red Sox leading the AL East just got way better. The fact that we stole him from the Red Sox to go on to what the ramifications are from the Yankees' standpoint, the ramifications of the AL East I thought were huge to, to keep him away from Boston, add another lefty bat to this lineup. And then as you were saying before I cut you off, there's some ramifications for Luke Voigt now, too. I thought he was definitely gone. Now, the Yankees go and get Andrew Heaney on deadline day, and we are not happy with his performance <laughs> on Monday night against the Orioles. But I thought possibly not that Luke Voigt was going back in that, but from the Heaney trade broke at like 3.30 Eastern, and I'm just refreshing, refreshing. Yeah. I can't believe – the biggest story, maybe, after the Gallo and Rizzo deals, well, Rizzo specifically, was that Luke Voigt is still a member of the 2021 New York Yankees. Not to get away from the other guys who, who they acquired, but for, that, for those last 30 minutes, I was refreshing Twitter, refreshing Twitter, Twitter notifications on for Jack Curry and the rest of the big boys Jack out there. Jack killed it, as always. With the Yankees. Oh, yeah. Killed it. And Jack broke the news that the Yankees, that there were going to be no more post 4 p.m. surprises at like 4.04 or 4.05. And yeah, the Yankees are an interesting situation. But to Anthony Rizzo, who absolutely stole the show this weekend in Miami, he went five for nine. He was on base nine of 13 times. I mean, he is everything the Yankees have needed at first base and more. He has that swing that's tailor-made for Yankee Stadium. His defense at first base is superb, as he showed many times over the weekend in Miami. And really, no offense to Luke Voigt, uh, Rizzo's a bit more of a complete player. I know It's Luke an upgrade. Voigt. Absolute yeah. upgrade at first base. And that's not a, not a knock on on Luke Voigt. He, he is what he is, and he hasn't been healthy this year. And Anthony Rizzo is, is legitimately a huge clubhouse leader with a championship pedigree. Pretty much kicked off the Chicago Cubs breaking that curse wow, with, with his play um, and being pretty like the essential captain of the Cubs for the past like decade or so. You know. uh, just a massive guy that, that really can, can turn a clubhouse around. And that's kind of what the Yankees needed. I think Joey Gallo is, is a, a great player that fits this lineup and fits this stadium really well and fits our needs in the outfield. Uh, but, but Rizzo fits the needs in the clubhouse, and that kind of seems like that's been an issue this year because um, we know the level of the talent is in that clubhouse. It's just not being utilized. 
Um, whether you want to blame coaches, management, or you know Boone and whatnot, or you want to blame the players themselves, it seems like they needed a little you know kick in the ass from from the clubhouse. And I think a guy like Rizzo is has the um, kind of the pedigree to to do that. So I think just beyond the field of play, you know, plus that we we saw from Rizzo this week in Miami, I think he brings a presence around him that help can help lead this team to hopefully a wild card push. So just a, a great move I thought by Cashman here. Um, you know, officially giving up pitchers Alexander Vizcaino and Kevin Alcatrina. I uh, definitely spelled this, said that wrong, but uh, you know, Vizcaino is, is is a is a young pitcher that's years years away, and Kevin's a strong outfielder that you know still years and years away here. So the Yankees are made a move here for a rental, but um, like you said, they really tried to get rid of Luke Voigt. Um, it's not shocking they couldn't find what they liked. Cashman's not going to give him away for free, especially with a few years left uh, before he hits free agency. Um, and Rizzo is a rental, so maybe if, if it doesn't work out long-term with Rizzo and he leaves, you do have Luke Voigt as a backup option. Um, the Yankees, I think, will be in the market for a, a shortstop with every shortstop in their, in their mother available via free agency. Um, and they were pushing for tre- Trevor Story. You know, Cashman flat out said, we were put, after the Gallo deal, our next target was Story. And they just refused to come down on their asking price. Their asking prices were was everyone the Yankees said was untouchable. And if you're not going to budge, then then there's no conversation. So they pivoted real quick to Rizzo. So I guess you know you know thanks for the Rockies maintaining their their title of just being idiots when they're trying to make trades are essentially going to get nothing now for Trevor Story and the Yankees could swap in and get him in the off season. So you know lots to consider here for the long term. You know like I said, keeping Gallo for a year plus and maybe even a contract extension for him. But for the short term, the Yankees are fighting for a, a wild card spot. Uh, right now, and this lineup needed some juice. We mentioned Monday night was that that juice didn't show up in a seven-one loss to the Baltimore Orioles, but they uh, you know, Rizzo essentially won our, won the series for us down in Miami. Two big home runs, um, a couple other opposite field knocks. This this guy did it all. So uh, Gallo got his first hit the other day. Still waiting for him to put one in, in the seats. But the Yankees are are playing. They play. They're going to start four lefties now for a lot of games, which is pretty. Uh, Pretty pretty drastic change from the th- the few times we saw a full righty lineup uh, early in the season. Yeah, something we have not seen in a long time. I mean, the Yankees have been right-handed heavy hitting in recent years. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of their lineups. But Rizzo is that perfect hitter that balances that lineup. And really, like we said, a move that came out of nowhere. Back to story. How weird was that situation? I mean, I felt like after the deadline when he was still a member of the Rockies that all of baseball Twitter was just looking at the Rockies like, what the fuck are you doing? I and, mean, but the, it happens every six months with the Rockies. It happened when they were, you know, they had that weird situation. Then it happened when they, when they traded Arnado. Like, this is nothing new for them. It's crazy. Even no matter how many times they try and switch GMs or whatnot, it, it's a constant thing of what's going on in Colorado here. Um, we know things are a little different down in Colorado, but like, what do you, what are they smoking down there? Because the rest of the baseball was like, what are you doing here? Story was probably like, come on, guys, like make make a move, pull a trigger. At the end, you could get a what a second round compensation pick. Um, you know, I, I definitely know that, that you know took away some of the the value of him, but there had to be some decent offers on the table here. Um, overall, for the Yankees, I know that Cashman said they were looking for guys like Austin Wells, Luis Medea. Uh, Oswald Peraza, you know those guys are, are not worth our rental right now. So uh, overall, I'm, I'm giving the Yankees a an A minus on the on the trade deadline here. I thought they did a really good job 
with the two big acquisitions, and they got Jolie Rodriguez. So they got some bullpen help as as here as well. Um, but the biggest thing for them, for me, I thought uh, I don't know prospects in and out here, but they kept their top eight prospects, which and landing what they landed, I think that's a shock. Um, you know, I, I th- we knew Dominguez wasn't going anywhere. Um, but we, we we almost thought we lost Clark Smith, who is our number two prospect right now. It wouldn't have been a shock to see uh, Davy Garcia to be thrown in some trades after kind of like the offseason he's had there. Um, you know, Lewis Gill, Lewis Medea, two guys that are that you know throw 100 but sometimes can't find the strike zone. Those are the kind of guys I think the Yankees uh, do make in a deal like this. So them to keep their top eight prospects is just excellent work by Cashman. And then on top of that, to do that, to not go over the luxury tax – is just uh, an A plus. Well, sorry, A minus job here. Uh, it would have been an A plus if Andrew Henley didn't give up four home runs today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it it really would have been. And he looked good early on in the first two innings, but he gave up a couple of home runs in each of the second and, or excuse me, third and fourth innings. Talked about it before we came on. The Orioles, while they might be thirty games under five hundred, and that kind of sucks. Like you're coming home off a sweep. Two big deals made. Uh, but, I mean, credit to the Orioles. I mean, Cedric Mullins is a stud. He had a, he was start of the All-Star game. Uh, and then they have some righties behind him who can hit. Hayes, Mancini, Mountcastle, all are big guys that can get a hold of a pitch. Um, it's not their lineup that's an issue. It's their their arms are terrible. I mean, they're, they, yeah. they're giving up with over almost 600 runs now. They're 570 runs. Um so that's the most frustrating part. I was I was okay with some of Haney's home runs. It's like, yeah, all right, Cedric Mullins at Yankee Stadium is gonna is gonna park one. I'm not not shocked there. Uh, but the fact that we couldn't get a hit until the sixth inning, we scored a run without a hit versus a guy who's two and twelve with like a six ERA. Uh, Lopez got some. You know, we mentioned that Haney dropped some uh, some some nice meatballs with his uh, his off speed stuff. It looked like the Yankees missed their opportunities there. I think Stan, you know, got got caught uh, in a big spot um, just looking at a, at a curveball that was right over the middle of the plate. Um, so he was looking fastball on a three-two pitch there, and like that's that's kind of not the approach we want there. So it, in the end, the lineup looked very different, but the results were the same as of Monday. Um, the, the Yankees still need that breakout game where they score in ten runs. That I haven't seen that yet. And and if like I said, it wasn't for Rizzo. There, Possibly that we lose two or three in Miami. So the excitement is there for the Yankees um, with these new players here. But in the end, now it's going to really come down to this lineup producing here. You know, DJ LeMay looks pretty bad today. And it, it's not you, – you texted it to me. How many times we get for the first two on, even if it's back-to-back walks, and then the first pitch we're swinging and it's a double play? It, it's I far too often still. I can't believe it. And LeMay, he, yeah, 0 for 5 tonight. He had some serious trouble trying to elevate the ball. Um He's been better over the last month plus, but, you know, this last week, um, yeah, having trouble elevating the ball. And it's not a problem he ever had in his first two years with the Yankees. So, yeah, there's still far too many times where they're getting the first two runners on and they are uh, rolling into a double play the first pitch. And like you said, if it wasn't for Rizzo, possibly losing, you know, two or three in Miami and possibly – if you don't have an insurance run here and there, you, you get your relievers into a run one run situation. I'm not even ruling out a sweep there if Rizzo's not on the team. Uh, I don't think. No, I don't think they, there's a chance we sweep without Rizzo there. I think he, you know. No, no, that no, the Yankees could have. Oh, oh opposite way, get, get swept. I think two or three probably would have been the the more likely outcome without Rizzo. Yeah, but. Yeah. 
Carter but you never know with this team, though. You never know. Like you said, you never know. The, the, the way the bullpen, the amount of times we've blown easy wins is uh, is something crazy here. So you're right. It wouldn't have been shocking for the Yankees to make these big moves and then come out and get their asses kicked. So it was good to get the three starts, three wins right off the bat. Um, and then you, then you have your traditional dud here. Um, it, they skipped over Nestor Cortez to go with uh, to go with Haney here. And then that proved to be a mistake. But at the same time, I just need Haney to just eat innings. He, he We know he's going to give up home runs, especially switching to a Yankee Stadium. Um, but like if he pitches five innings, three runs, I'm not going to be pissed from our fifth starter because I'm expecting this lineup, especially now with these guys that mash the shit out of the ball, to score five, six runs a game. So I need the lineup to do, do what they're supposed to do. The Yankees said they need balance. So here's the balance. Let's give everybody a couple games to get into it. Um, but in the end, it's it's still our, our traditional guys of DJ LeMayu and, and Stanton that uh, that have struggled in, in the big moments. Uh, but I do give – hey, John Carlos Stanton played the field three of the last four games. He's in yeah. the field. <laughs> but I think that's – how big is that? When we go back to Luke Voigt here, how big is that? If he can play the field and you got Gallo and Judge either switching off playing center and right, uh, and then you can have Luke Voigt be your DH. So I think the Yankees, like I think we said, I think that I'm shocked they didn't get rid of Voight. But now at the same time here, he looks fine in the in the field, Stanton. If he can stay healthy, that opens up that spot for Luke Voigt that we don't think exists. Yeah, we just need Stanton to come around on the ball uh, a, a little bit now because he's 9 of 55 since the All-Star break. So happy to see him play in the field, but uh, needs to come around at the plate. And really, yeah, that was my first thought. Uh, despite Brian Cashman militantly saying that Brett Gardner is going to be the center fielder going forward, even though there are two better options than him in the organization and Greg Allen and Estevan Floreal. But and, and now Brett I'd Gar- say Aaron Judge too, because if we got if <laughs> I would put Judge over him in center field and put Gallo and Stanton now. So there's I think there's three or four options before I go Gardner. Absolutely, and credit to Brett Gardner, big hit in the rally on Sunday, and he was on base all four times tonight. Uh, would need to see that a little bit more on a consistent basis. But, yeah, you, you look at the options the Yankees have, and that was one of my buddy's first thoughts when I texted him. He said they could go, like, full death lineup with, you know, having one of them in center field between Judge and Gallo and then void a designated hitter, Rizzo at first base. And it's also not a terrible thing that they did keep him in, that they have the de- uh, have the depth. You look at a guy like Rudnetto Dorr, who, while, yeah, he's not the perfect hitter, he has provided some clutch, clutch hits for the Yankees in the last week. Uh, so depth isn't the worst thing, especially no. we, don't want any, we don't want any injuries, but you, you can't assume that injuries are, aren't going to happen. Look at what Domingo Herman, you know, just – Placed on the DL on Sunday, out of nowhere. I got I got a theory about Herman, but before we touch into that, like you said, with the depth, I mean, look, Dior Shell hasn't played in a few games, and that means Rugnet Odor making his first ever start in third. Um, you know, we had Tyler Reed at playing there in Miami, so like you said, the depth is is always a good thing. Um, kind of might have got screwed on that tonight, by the way, too. If you think back to that third inning, I'm not saying Urshela would have made that play, but Mullins hit a ball. Oh yeah, in foul. Mullins hits a ball in yes. foul territory uh, with two outs. It was a tough play, don't get me wrong. And Gallo is shaded more towards the center field. He's, he's, he's looking to pull gonna, there, yeah. Yeah, and 
Odor's running out, and Odor comes close, but we've seen Urshela make those well, tough plays. I, just I, Sam, just on pure height here, he's got to have four or five inches on on Urshela uh, or on Odor, and he Odor just missed getting the glove on it. So I agree with you. I think Urshela does make that play. And then what what happens next? Next Mullins, pitch to the run, rocket to right, and then Hayes hits at the next batter. You're, that's a great call. Yeah, so you're right. That, that you know, having Odor in the lineup was nice today over over Wade. But even Wade, with his speed, probably makes that play, and that could, could have been a good big game changer there. So we're still waiting on MRI results for Domingo. I mean, for uh, Gio Urshela, but the Yankees do need him back in the lineup as quick as possible because I don't think we can run a consistency. I would I would rather have DJ at third and then uh, Odor at second. You have to be wondering about how good the triceps on Lemayhew exactly. are, though. Uh, that's the only way they, you don't do that move. Because why would you? Why would you make that switch unless there's something wrong with DJ too? Because it was after the ejection on Friday night that they put Lemayhew at second and they put Odor at third, which was his first ever regular season action at third base. Yeah, so not uh, ideal. And then tonight the lineup comes out, and it's. LeMahieu at second, and it's Odor at third. So how healthy those triceps are is one thing, but I, I would not want to think that the Yankees, uh, and we mentioned that LeMahieu's having issues elevating the ball. You don't want to think that uh, Le- they're throwing LeMahieu out there when he's less than 100% because Rudin and Odor. I but I think we are. Like I think that's a fact. Like. <laughs> But it, it, it's it's unnecessary, especially when you, you trade for Rizzo, Gallo. You could put Odor at uh, second base and, and then wait for Urshela to come back if that, yeah. if that hamstring's all right. I would hate to think that they are rushing um, LeMahieu to come back and have him play at second base while ideally, like we said, you'd have him play third base if Urshela was – banged up he's been the backup third baseman you've had to put Wade in there they're clearly not comfortable with him throwing across the diamond so yeah. that's really telling me he's not 100 percent something and, to keep an eye on for sure yeah absolutely absolutely um, and i want to touch on Herman here because you said we jumped on you through you threw seven perfect game perfect innings versus the red sox before we blew that shit he came out saying he was disappointed in the game but also said he felt great um and, and he, he pitched he pitched awesome he, he was doing great and then magically pops up on the IL, you know, three days later. Um, I think this is a case here of saving his arm. I think this is going to be a quick, you know, 10, 15 day thing and, and skipping, a, especially with after the, 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 the Haney trade here to eat some innings here. Cause, cause remember Herman didn't pitch at all last year. He's already at 97 innings and he has a career high of 143 innings. So, you know, I, this isn't a guy that can throw 130, 140 innings, I think, this year after missing so much time. So if we give him, you know, skip him two, three times here, get him, you know, back, get him back up here and, and get him to that 110, 115 mark for the end of the year, I, I think that kind of fits what the Yankees typically do with, with their with their pitchers here. Um, so I'm not too concerned with, with this. Um, and Herman's been used a couple times in relief too. So maybe he comes back and... and you know, kind of takes that Luis Sessa role in the bullpen or something. But I don't think this is a real injury. At least I hope it's not for Domingo after he had that that big start versus Boston. Yeah, I hope not either. And that's a good point you make on that theory that they could be hoping to save uh, himself. And, yeah, the, the last time that he pitched before this season was September of 2019. So yeah, think talking. of him having a season-ending injury uh, – 
let when that happened and not been being out of baseball for yeah. a year, although that is not what happened. But, yeah, but, but then yeah. he also like quit like twice, so he probably wasn't playing baseball and keeping in good shape. So like it pretty much doesn't have to be used as an injury. So if you're going to keep an innings down on someone here, you know, especially you know with you know the list of injuries that the Yankees have had uh, in the rotation here, to if if possible, I mean, look, I don't think they should be doing that now because they're they're fighting for a wild card spot here. But if he comes back, you know, August twelfth and is pitching and is completely fine, then it's going to be. A, pretty clear to me that they're just trying to skip him two starts and save some innings and get him ready for the long stretch. So something to keep an eye on for that here because there is a, a need for a long stretch here. The Yankees uh, are fighting for that second wild card spot. They are not the only ones that made moves. So Sam, I think let's go around the AL with their with their you know the contenders here and see what moves they made, starting with Boston. I think they got Kyle Schwarber as a reaction to the Yankees getting Anthony Rizzo. Um, Swarbor uh, can hit bombs for sure. We all know that. Um, but a lefty bat kind of without a position in Boston and also um, on the IL with a hamstring injury. So probably won't be ready for another two, three weeks here. So interesting move there for, for Boston as really their, their, only, their only move uh, at the deadline. Yeah, I will say though that Kyle Schwarber scares the shit out of me when he's healthy. Because oh, 100%. He- I mean, yeah. The Yankees have been enamored with him for years, so it's going to be a, a real pain to see him hitting home runs in the Red Sox uniform. He carried the Nationals when for like two and a half, three weeks before he went on the IL too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he was putting on an absolute show. He was doing like what Joey Votto is doing with the Cincinnati Reds right now. I mean, putting up some insane numbers. But, yeah, this is a guy who the Yankees – really have been linked to for quite some time, even going back to his days with the Cubs when he was without a position. There was talks after they well, won that we wanted Cashman wanted him over Glaber Torres, and Theo Epstein said no. And they're like, yeah. okay, I guess we'll take Glaber. So I think it, kind of, I mean, it worked out, I think, for everybody involved there. But, um, you know, this is a guy that, that I, I've assumed for a I thought I was surprised that the Yankees didn't sign him this offseason when, they, when the, the Cubs unexpectedly, you know, cut him i thought he would be a pick there and, and unfortunately the the faith that the yankees have had in clint frazier and miguel Andujar probably is the reason why he wasn't signed yeah and they'll have an opportunity and this is a long time away they'll have another opportunity to sign him this offseason um but that's a long time away and yeah the red sox that was the only move they made i'm a little bit surprised they didn't try to add uh, some pitching. Yeah. I personally, if I were the Red Sox and Shane Bloom, I would have given three limbs, the kitchen sink, and part ownership to Max Scherzer if he accepted a trade there. It didn't sound um, like he was accepting anything to the East Coast, from kind of what it sounds like. But I agree there. That would have been a that would have been a killer move for Boston to go and get that. Um, You'd have had Sale, Scherzer, Evaldi with that offense. Now I know the Red Sox offense has kind of sputtered over the weekend against the Rays. But, again, credit to the Rays. They have good pitching. But the Red Sox, I think, have the best offensive core in the American League with Devers, Martinez, and Bogarts. And I think they should have climbed over water to add, uh, you know, swim across the Atlantic or something to add Max Scherzer. I thought they should have done that. I think that, that, but I I, I go back to the Rizzo move. I think that they thought they had some time to make that move. I don't know what the conversations were going there too, 
But as you said there, you add you add Rizzo to that lineup and him playing first base because they don't have a first baseman right now. Um, I think that would have been you know kind of a miss there. So you know, um, but yeah, I'm surprised they didn't make a move for a reliever there either because the Red Sox uh, have been doing fantastic. But they're 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 I think they're going to get a little tired as as you said here. They've lost, they've lost four in a row since then. Um, and the Yankees now are uh, officially seven games back of the Tampa Bay Rays for the AL East lead. Uh, six back of the Red Sox for that first wild card spot, uh, and three back of the Oakland A's for that 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 second wild card spot. Oakland did make the move uh, to get Starling Marte, uh, and that had me real nervous. And I wonder if that move pushed the Yankees more to go get Gallo because I thought Mar- I, that was my prediction at the end of the last episode was that the 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 Yankees were going to get Marte um, start yeah for, for from Miami. Um, but they didn't, and he went to the A's. So, you know, we'll see if that comes back to bite them. I'll take Gallo over him all day. But that was kind of the moves that the A's made. Uh, and the Rays make weird moves because the Rays are the Rays. Like you said, no matter what the Rays do, they still end up winning. Um, they go out and get Nelson Cruz, which is a, a scary move if you're Yankee fans because Nelson Cruz is going to do damage to us. But then they also trade starter Rich Hill to the Mets, and then they get Diego Castillo to to Seattle. Um, so just the Rays being the Rays. And so I, I assume it's going to work because of the Rays, but moves I did not see coming from out of Tampa. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, I think the Rich Hill move was a bit of a salary dump to stay under that $70 million or, or whatever. <laughs> they're, they're, they, is, have a, they have a different tax break over there. It is crazy the how that team operates. I mean, I really just don't get it. But Nelson Cruz... I don't know if – and Chapman got the best of him in both wins in Tampa last oh, week. Oh, yeah, I'm nervous, though. That. Both times coming up as the, as the lead run, though. Who? Oh, my gosh. Come and, on. And you knew that was coming as soon as the game started. You're like, this, he's going to come up. And I'm, I'm very glad that Chapman won those because he, he did not win that one in, in Minnesota. And that could have been a reason why that Tampa made this deal. I, I may have said this joke last week, but but I think I genuinely believe this man is going to be hitting home runs when I'm like 80. Yeah, I, I did say it last week. I said he's, <laughs> he's going to be he's going to be hitting home runs when I am on hospice, uh, <laughs> 80 or 85 years old. Um, you know, hopefully I live that long life. But you know, it's just a he is one of when I think of home run hitters that are, that have been dominant since I have been in grade school like 2010 Edwin Encarnacion um N- Nelson Cruz you know Albert Pujols faded but I mean Nelson Cruz has to be that top one going back to his days with the Rangers I mean just a, a guy with ridiculous power and he's 41 years old and he's not only hitting for power Steve he's right around the 300 mark for batting average I mean th- this guy is um, I wonder, I think David Ortiz had a couple more like elite years as a de- designated hitter left yeah. if he decided to stay with the Red Sox. But this guy, and I know the Rays didn't do much after that, which a lot of people were surprised about, but they got one of the best hitters in all of baseball at the deadline. Yeah, and so yeah, he's 41 years old. He's got 438 home runs. He's going to have to get to like 40, 43, 44 to get to 500 home runs. But he's still he's still got the pop. He's got 21 home runs this year. 2019, he's got 41. So maybe only two more years of, you know, 40 home run. And, you know, he will get touching 500. I could see him sticking around to get to that 500 mark. 
Uh, he's been been a dangerous hitter for for a long, long time. Um, Sam, did you see that the Rays tried to flip Tyler Glass now for some of the for like Chris Bryant and uh, Javi Baez? They tried to get the Cubs to get Glass now and get one of their sell-off guys, which was just an ultimate uh, Rays move here. The uh, the Cubs went against it here, but they they did offer Glass now to the Cubs to try and figure out a deal, which I thought is uh, you know per- perfect Cubs right there. I mean perfect per- perfect Rays. Wow, I'm seeing that just came out today. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that would have been unbelievable. <laughs> and he's out. Obviously, he's out with Tommy John. Uh, if you see that now, you're Tyler. Tyler, you you're expecting you're going to be dealt in the relatively soon either way. Kind of the Blake Snell route too. If they're looking to move on you from there, and you're not going to be of use for them for the next year with with Tommy John, uh, it's safe to say that he probably threw his last pitch in, in Tampa, which is crazy. Yeah, and they. I'm not really even worried about them dealing glass now because they're just going to be back. They pull pitchers out of. Yeah. Um. It, it's like you, you know, they're, they're they're pulling Halloween candy from a. a you know. <laughs> it's all good as long as like, yeah, it's, all, it's good. all good stuff that they have there. They have something in the water down there. But yeah, that's pretty wild. That this is the first I'm seeing for it. It came out just as I was getting off work, and I, I have to look at. You know, the two screens, three screens all day. So I try to get outside and get away from uh, the the screen yeah, for a little should. bit. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's nuts. That, that's the first I'm hearing of it now. That yeah, you, I mean, this that would have been yeah. the extra, extra, extra cherry on it. And what I think was the craziest deadline maybe of our lifetime. Like, that was insane. Like, we this is these are just the AL East moves we've mentioned. And they're huge names. You know, like you said, Scherzer goes to the Dodgers for Trey Turner. Just a massive move in in the NL there. Uh, you know, the Giants then pivot and, and go to get Chris Bryant there. That's a hell of a battle that's going to happen in the in the NL West. Uh, unfortunately, Fernando Tatis might be done with the year getting hurt, but the Padres were in on all these guys too, trying to get a deal for Scherzer. Uh, just absolutely crazy shit going all around baseball. The crosstown Mets make a big move to get Javi Baez. Uh, Baez is electric to watch. So once once Lindor comes back, you got a middle infield of Baez and Lindor out in City Field. That is that's just a fun fun you know duo to watch there. Um, the Braves, though, even though they lost uh, Acuna Jr., they make a lot of moves to kind of revamp their their outfield. So a lot of a lot of fun races in, in baseball, not just in the AL East. Obviously, we like to talk and only focus on the AL East on this podcast. But the AL East is going to be a battle. Oh, we oh wait, and we got to finish talking about the Blue Jays too. The Blue Jays, uh, you know, in fourth place, but absolutely mashed the ball, made some huge moves as well. And it's even though the Yankees are ahead of them right now, we need to take the Blue Jays serious um, with the moves they made. Ten All-Stars in total. Ten All-Stars from this year's All-Star game were traded. That's that, crazy. I didn't, I didn't hear that one yet. Ten All-Stars. Uh, but, yeah, the Blue Jays make two – well, one huge move. They, they, they traded for Brad Hand as well to supposedly help their team. Which <laughs> He's was, only uh, heard so far. <laughs> int- excuse me, which was an interesting move to me. Um, but they trade for Jose Barrios, who – the Yankees were linked to a little bit, but for the past year or so, the Yankees have liked him a lot and kind of has come up in conversation when the when talking about trades. Uh, the you know we're always in the in the market for controllable young starters, and he fit the mold perfectly. Uh, but he goes up to Toronto now. Oh yeah, and the Blue Jays gave a haul for him. Uh, he's 27 years old. Uh, he has a year of control left 
after this year, so that's what drove up the price on him even more. The Blue Jays give up their number two and number four ranked prospects who were more around Major League ready than I'd say any of these uh, Yankees guys. Oh, easily, yeah, are yeah for in sure. The top. Uh, they gave up Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson, who they acquired big, in big, the big Marcus guys. Stroman deal. Two huge prospects Toronto parts with to get Burrios, great. I think it's a very, very great, very strong move from the Twins. Uh, once I saw that, though, I was kind of shocked that they didn't move a Byron Buxton and didn't move a Max Kepler. Um, you know, I think once you sell your ace, then you might as well sell your other guys. But I guess they're yeah, going to they... try and sign uh, Buxton too, but that doesn't seem like that negotiation is going well. So I thought he could be a, a late deadline move. Um, but just insane number of guys being thrown around here. Um, and it's, you definitely got to worry about the Blue Jays this year and then moving forward next year because these guys are only getting older and getting into their pl- their prime. You know, close your windows at night because Vlad Guerrero Juniors might hit a ball through them no matter what state you're in because these, these guys can mash the shit out of the ball. Um, and it'd be, it'd be, they're going to play some important games. I think the Blue Jays fall out of contention at the end, but – they're going to be facing the Red Sox. They're going to be facing the Rays. They're going to be facing the Yankees a ton. So even if they don't make the playoffs, the Blue Jays very much can control who makes the playoffs out of our division. Absolutely. That's a really good point, Steve. And like you said, this um, they mash. They absolutely mash. And they're not afraid to spend money. They go out and sign George Springer uh, this past offseason. They give a – Big deal to Hunjin Ryu. Yep. Uh, the previous offseason, both over twenty million dollars a year annually. So, don't don't expect the Blue Jays if you're a Yankees fan. Don't expect them to be like the Rays. Now, their older core that they went to the playoffs with the uh, Tulowitzki, Jose Bautista, Encarnacion, and Donaldson years. Those guys were all at the end of their primes, uh, w- w- which was one thing. But these guys are young, and I think. This ownership uh, with, with their team is going to pay to have these guys for the long haul, and they oh, are a team for sure. You can't, yeah, you have to keep these guys. These these young core of you know Bichette, Vladdy, and then like you got to lock them up sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I hate that they're in the Yankees division too because I love watching them. Yeah. I love watching. Them. So I say, as as team. I mentioned that, so they got three. They got, sorry, they got four coming up versus Boston. Um, they play the Rays six times, and then they play the Yankees seven times. So it really could come down to how the Yankees play the Blue Jays the rest of the way here to see if they can get a wild card spot. Those are seven big, big games. Uh, and Jesus Christ, as we are watching this, Garrett Cole has tested positive for COVID nineteen. I'm not are kidding. You kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. It's just I, breaking news. Garrett Cole has tested positive for. COVID-19. It just popped up on my Twitter uh, as I'm refreshing this fucking schedule. <laughs> well, that makes two of us. <laughs> I, did, oh. uh, I did receive a positive result uh, earlier today myself. I am feeling very good. Uh, well, not very good, but I am double vaccinated, f- fully vaccinated, however you say Jeez. it. But uh that makes two of us. Um, so, yeah, you or Garrett Cole will not be starting for the Yankees on Tuesday. And what we said was kind of going to be a must-win comeback after Monday's debacle. Um, they had their two best pitchers go. They had Cole and, and Tyone. So, Nestor Cortez will get the start on Tuesday for the Yankees. Um, and, and it's a big spot. Big spot for Cortez. 
Uh, we're going to see how long Cole is going to be out, but he can be missing two starts here. Um, and just what, just what the fucking Yankees need. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> unbelievable. Do you know how Jared Tarabas makes fun of him with the for Pete's sake uh, tweets all the time? Yeah, yeah. That's my reaction to that. For Pete's sake. Are you kidding me? Ugh. Oh, my gosh. All right, so it's, it just makes guys like Cortez that more important. And I think it's a – Sam, we're going to find a good way to segue out of this. It, it makes the play of Jordan Montgomery and Jamison Tyone all that important. Those two guys have really turned it on. Uh, Tyone won the AL Pitcher of the Month here with a 4-0 record with an under-2 ERA. Really, really turning around in this second half for the Yankees. Uh, you know, we mentioned every time he had that horrible start that we saw in person um, versus, versus the Phillies. But since then, he's been lights out. And he for the next two weeks, he's got to be our ace. Yeah, uh, Garrett Toll misses a minimum of uh, misses 10 days. Uh, he misses two turns through the rotation. God. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm having a tough time. I'm having a tough time. You know what I? You know what trade I'd take? I would take the trade of putting more of Garrett Cole's case in the me, so I suffer yeah, more. You suck it up. You suck it I'll in. I'll suffer more. So uh, my my part, my symptoms have not been overly aggressive. But, so if we do the ten days here, Cole obviously misses his start on Tuesday, August third, and then he'll miss his start Sunday, August eighth. Uh, kind of ten days will put us at a. Thursday start versus the White Sox. Um, at the Field of Dreams. At the Field of Dreams. I mean, if you want a storyline, there you go. Garrett Cole comes back from COVID, Field of Dreams, pitches a game. Um, so that that kind of might line up there. But, yeah, I wouldn't expect him to – we shouldn't expect to see Garrett Cole until at least Chicago. He might need an extra day or two to get some work in. Um, so that's going to be a big, big, big loss for the Yankees. You know, Cole – despite his worst start of the year uh, in Tampa, was still kind of on pace for a Cy Young-type season. There's no clear runaways in the AL. Uh, but missing two starts here is going to hurt his case a little bit, uh, especially, and he was really hoping for a bounce-back game. So it's a big low, big low for the Yankees as we're recording here at you know 11 o'clock uh, on Monday night. But we've got to get our boy, our boy Nestor. He's been doing good. We kind of got mad that the Boone skipped over him for, for Monday's start. To, to get Andrew Henney uh, in there. But Nestor Cortez is pumping out a, a 1.93 ERA with, a, you know, 39 Ks and an under one whip. Um, he went, I think he went like 78 pitches his last start. So he's building up some arm strength here. Um, so I expect him to be around that 70, 70 to 80 pitch mark uh, for the Yankees. Um, we didn't use up any big arms. So the bullpen's fully available for Cortez to help him out here. But we're... Uh, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a big, big game for Tyone on Wednesday. And then, you know, Montgomery, his pitch is great, but he's not going deep into games. He's going five, five and a third, you know, maybe six. Um, going to need some length out of Montgomery the next two weeks here to help the bullpen while we wait for uh, Cole to come back and be our, our innings leader ace. Yeah, and a big shout out to JMO Tyone, I, I will say. Five games in the month of July. Named the AL Pitcher of the Month, 31 innings, a 1.16 ERA. Steve, we talked about him last week. I talk, I mentioned the confidence that's really something I've paid attention to. But in terms of the pitching, uh, the fastball 
that he is using and how that is running in and out. He's not blowing you away. It's 93 to 94, uh, but it's some electric stuff. I mean, he's got my some, some deception going on there. It's he's dancing. got, you're right. It's, it's crazy. Um, like I said, the 26 year old, it's still funny to see him up there. When you look up his MLB profile and just see him without the mustache. And then you go out there and you see him with it, just throwing junk at these guys and it's working. It's working really good. Um, so big, big outing here, you know, hopefully he can go five innings here. Then you can get, you know, maybe use Loisaga for two, maybe use Chad Green for two, uh, Clay Holmes has done pretty good in his, you know, his initial outings for the Yankees. So the, uh, the you know, the bullpen is going to have some some length uh, to go with it. But we'll, we'll see what happens. His last, Cortez's last start, he went five innings, three hits, one run. Um, then the start before that, the, the Red Sox, you know, beat us up. And we lost 6-2 and he only pitched two innings there. But when he starts, the Yankees win. Um, you know, he started versus the Mets way back when. He started versus, versus Houston. So he's had some big starts here. Um, and the Orioles, we'll see what he can do versus the Orioles, but kind of a, a, a big a big moment here for the Yanks as they try and creep back because they've been making progress. Like I said, the Red, Red Sox lost four in a row. Um, you know, Seattle kind of has fallen off kind of as expected um, with their with their interesting moves they made at the deadline too. So the, the wild card spot is 100% up for grabs. And I'm tying it back into while we, you know, the rotation here is kind of in, in, in shambles now with, with the Cole situation uh, and Herman on the I.L., um, it's time for the lineup to step up. Absolutely. Uh, so it definitely throws a wrench in things with Cole testing positive. Um, but, yeah, other guys have to step up, especially the lineup. It kind of felt like Monday night the Yankees were uh, going to break through at some point. Like, But, uh, I mean, once, once they got something going, it was a ground ball double play, uh, which really, really sucked. So – you're right. In some of these games that they're not going to have, and it's like you talked about Montgomery. He's not going deep into games, but this offense should be carrying the, the team right now. And, and the fact that I'm looking back at last week and that Brian Cashman had to invest assets to go get Joey Gallo and then Anthony Rizzo, scoring runs should have been the least of this team's issue. Uh, yeah. But uh, it, it's it, unfortunately – has been an issue all year and they weren't even really that on fire in Miami, but I'm going to credit Miami. They have some really, really good young arms. Uh, we talk about the Yankees being linked to Jose Barrios uh, for a long time for the last couple of years. I'll tell you what Michael K was saying that the Marlins and Sandy Alcantara have been having contract discussions and he apparently went back at them with a counter offer if he somehow becomes available this offseason, uh, I am. I want Brian Cashman on the phone very, very quickly. He was <laughs> mowing up and down he the was, Yankees lineup was. on Sunday. So it's time for guys to step up. I'm looking at LeMayhew if he's healthy. Glaber Torres had a rough weekend in Miami. He had a nice base hit tonight, though. Um, his approach when he goes to right field, I, I feel like he's at his best. Uh, it, it's yeah. time for guys to, to step it, up. It's I'm ready for Aaron Judge to get on a hot streak. He's back from COVID. It's been a week. He's only had I think one home, two home runs since July 4th. Um, it, it's time for Aaron Judge to have one of those weeks where he he hits five, six home runs and looks like one of the best players in baseball. He's been awesome for us when he when he's playing this year. So uh, you know I can't complain too bad. 
but th this is the the type of leader that we need here. Um, let let Rizzo, you know, Rizzo's gonna be kind of maybe the more vocal one of the group now, but great, give Rizzo that responsibility and then let Judge start launching balls again. I think if you get Aaron Judge hot, this lineup's gonna really click because you get a combination of Judge, Gallo, and Rizzo. Like, forget Stanton at this point. If you get those three guys to start hitting, it doesn't matter if you get anybody on base because they could each hit a home run every freaking time and we could win six, you know, six, five with two home runs apiece from, from them. Um, so we got we got to see what 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 they could do there. I think it's important to get Gio Urshela back in the lineup. He he's been a, he's been a consistent player. He kind of he is what he is, but it, but it is important um, to 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 have him there. He's got 11 home runs on the year. Uh, you know, Glaber had that hot streak of home runs to to come out the the second half, and and he had that week. But other than that, the power really hasn't been been there as advertised. And then let's see what Luke Voigt's got. He's supposed to be starting a you know um, a rehab assignment soon. They said that they thought he'd be back. Boone was talking up that he was going to be playing in Miami. And then all of a sudden we got Rizzo. And it's like, ah, we're going to send him down to the minors, get a few rehab starts, and see what we go there. Because rosters, while they don't fully expand in September like they used to, it does open up two more spots. Um, and I think those two spots, it's a month away, but that should easily go to you know Luke Voigt and Esteban Floreal. Yeah, and we've been talking about Brett Gardner and the crunch that uh, the, the Yankees are dealing with out there. His, his numbers are so bad, man. People were tweeting out today, like his advanced stats, and he was in like the one percentile on, on a bunch of stuff. Like, he's literally one of the worst hitters uh, when it comes to this stuff this year. And like, I like, I, I, I've always tried to like Brett. He had a bad play in the field this week too. Um, it, it's, it's getting tough to watch. He, he puts together some, some like length in his at bats. Like I know he, he works the count every time, and that's probably one of the things the Yankees like about him. Um, but it's it's getting tough to watch when the Yankees need wins. And like you said he got on base a lot, you know, tonight on Monday. But you know, Brett Gardner used to be hitting twenty home runs a year. You know, he was he was batting. His numbers were going down. You know, his on base percentage was going down. But he was starting to park a lot in that short porch, and that power is completely gone. Yeah, and he he had a career high in home runs in two thousand nineteen, and it makes me wonder. I mean, Greg Allen and Estevan Florial have looked better. Oh, without uh, a doubt. Without him, a like, doubt. So, I don't really know why he's kind of getting some farewell tour. I mean, this is the same organization, and somebody mentioned it on Twitter last week, joking around that uh, the Yankees forced A Rod out four home runs away from oh yeah oh yeah uh, seven hundred in a rebuilding season, and Brett Gardner gets to play every day in a pennant race. Uh, I mean, it's, that's uh, I think that's, that's a good way to end it there, Sam. Too because uh, one, I love A Rod because I just think he's hilarious. Uh, uh, and I think he's hand, he handled the whole situation really well. Uh, and now it kind of – is A-Rod officially kind of ends – his tenure kind of ends with the Yankees here now that Joey Gallo is wearing number 13. I was kind of shocked that uh, when they, he came out and said that they gave him that number. What do you think about that? I am staunchly opposed to it. Uh, Alex Rodriguez is the best player in my lifetime that I've seen wear a Yankees uniform. Um, he won two MVPs. Uh, the 2007 season was, I think, the greatest season I've seen from a player in my lifetime. He hit over 300 and OPS over 1,000 and uh, 54 home runs. Uh, and the Yankees are on a 20-plus year World Series drought if it is that for Alex Rodriguez's heroics. Agreed. I repeat, the Yankees are on a 20-year 
World Series drought if it's not for Alex Rodriguez. He came back after a suspension and sitting out the entire 2014 season, and he gave the Yankees uh, a memorable season where he hit 33 home runs and sipped the fountain of youth. Uh, I, I thought the relationship was repaired, but no Yankee should have worn 13. I, I That is something I'm very upset about. Well, not it's not like ruining my day, you know. But uh, I, I was shocked. I was shocked, and then I'm I'm even kind of more shocked that he didn't come out with like a tweet or an Instagram post being like, "Love Joey Gallo, rocking rocking the one three, you know, from the Rangers to the Yankees, following the same path as me." Type thing. I was expecting a corny A Rod post about it, and I didn't. We didn't get that. So that kind of makes me think the Yankees didn't even bother to talk to A Rod about it or tell him that he was going to be wearing thirteen. Which it is. Look, in the end, it's a number. It's a number. Um, but you know, the, the numbers kind of, they always seem to be a hot topic for the Yankees. I, I mean, as we'll have plenty of time to talk about this over the next year and a half here, but giving him 13 makes me think that, uh, Brian Cashman is thinking about Joey Gallo in a Yankee uniform for a long time as well. I didn't even think of that, Steve. Um, you're not, you're not giving him that number for a season and a half. I don't think. Yeah. And I, I just don't know. It didn't, it did not sit well with me about, um, you know, with all he did for the Yankees and the, I, I feel the attachment to A Rod because when the Yankees traded for him, it was one of the greatest days of being a baseball fan ever. I mean, the best player in baseball was coming to play for the New York Yankees when I was seven years old, and the you know the the memories that he brought uh, over his ten plus years with the team. Are unmatched, uh, and I am surprised. He he's the arguably the best player to put on a Yankees uniform since you know this millennium. Uh, so I'm um, I'm surprised. I am very very surprised. I know I like it. I like the passion for the it. Scenes, uh, I like the passion for it. Yeah, I'm, but uh, I'm now I just need Gallo to. I'm gonna be okay with it. I'm gonna be. I think you're gonna be okay with it too. If he put if Gallo leads his team to a playoffs and puts an A Rod type postseason up there, I think all oh, will be forgiven for the Yankees. Uh, but it's fun to watch. So look, despite Garrett Cole getting COVID uh, as we are recording here on Monday night, despite the Yankees looking like a Triple A team versus versus Lopez who was two and twelve and him throwing a no hitter, despite all that. This has been a really good week for the New York Yankees. Brian Cashman put his balls on the table and made some huge moves to get Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo. The Yankees, people were saying, be sellers, be sellers. The Yankees don't sell, especially when they're this close to a wild card spot here. They have the talent to go get it. Now it's just time to shut up and produce. There's, what, 56 games left in the year here. The Yankees are three back from a wild card game. Get to that wild card game, see what happens. Um, and I think that's the end of it. Like, that's it. Just shut up and play. Uh, but but big moves by the Yankees at the deadline that I did not see coming. I don't think anybody really saw these type of moves here. Uh, now it's, it's time for the Yankees to to, to prove prove their GM right, to prove that this was these are the moves that we should have made and that this is a playoff team. Yeah, absolutely. And Brian Cashman makes a few big moves. Uh, I'm ready to go get it. The schedule, you know, take these two games against the Baltimore Orioles and then win that series against Seattle and keep winning series. Keep just winning games overall and you don't have to worry about what other teams are doing and things will fall into place. There we go. All right, guys. Everybody stay healthy. Get Garrett Cole. Get healthy. Sam, get healthy. Uh, Thanks for listening for another episode of podcasting. 
in pinstripes. Sam and I will be back next week to, to figure out what else could go crazy with this roller coaster ride for the Yankees. Until next time, see you guys later. Sam, always a pleasure. Peace. Go Yanks. 